Broadcasting from Alito to Alton, from Champaign to Chicago, and from Robinson to Rockford, this is the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. All right, I'm going to say it right now, ladies and gentlemen, because we did not wish you guys a happy Father's Day two weeks ago. I know, I know, I know, I know. We got so excited. We got caught up. So we'll see right now. Happy Fourth of July before it happens. Independence Day weekend. Glad you're here with us. Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, uh, Mike Kegley. Uh, we are having fun as we always do right here on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular uh, from IlliniGuys.com. We broke away from the website for a couple of hours to talk with you one-on-one uh, because we want to know what you're doing. Um, if you talk back to us, that's great. Just explain to the people around you what you're doing. We've got a lot coming up here uh, in this next hour. Uh, Calamity McIntyre, the um, assistant head coach or assistant coach, I should say, for the Final Illini women's basketball team. Boy, what an offseason they have had. They're on, they've, they're on the way. Uh, she's going to talk to us here next here. Uh, she's in the orange room waiting right here at our state-of-the-art Illini Guys studios. Uh, Kedrick Prince will talk recruiting roundup as well. Uh, he's got his lasso ready somewhere. Uh, Josh Whitman, the fellas were with the uh, Illinois AD uh, in Champaign last week uh, with the state of the program speech, and Mike talked with him one-on-one. We will play a part of that interview and chat with that as well. Um, also in the second hour, Matt Stevens of IlliniGuys.com, football writer and analyst, is along to talk about uh, guys, want to get your thoughts on the recruiting of Brett Bielema. You know, and it's these moments that the casual fan may not really realize. This is where those future championships, where they begin, where you begin to lay the foundation. And the, what he's done in ramping up recruiting in, in, is, in just a couple of years has really been fantastic. Yeah, I always look at it like, you know, some people look at like you have to get, you know, it's the highest rated kids or what have you. I want to get from when you look at Brett Bielema's history of recruiting and evaluating talent, I want the kids that he wants to get. If he wants the kid, then I feel like I don't care if he's rated three stars, four stars, five stars. If he wants that kid, that tells me that he sees something. And when he gets those kids and he's locking in these kids that he wants, and you're always going to miss on some, but he's getting some really quality players that he wants early in the process, which tells you these are guys that he really wanted. When you're adding guys in next January because you need to fill out a roster, those are guys you're taking flyers on. Maybe they're not going to – and sometimes those guys turn out great. Or maybe the coach gets fired and there's a decommitment, whatever. But generally speaking, the guys you're getting now are the guys you really wanted and they're your top priorities. Yeah, the the bottom line is is Coach B has earned over his career some street cred and a little bit of patience from the media and fans. And I think, Brad, you said it best, you know, he doesn't need a bunch of five stars. He doesn't need five stars and four stars to go out and win 10 games. You know, he's proven that over the years. So what he's doing is is snapping up the ones he wants. And, uh, you know, the, the bottom line is the most important thing to keep track of is who he lands, you know, not who he goes after. And it really seems like, he understands, like, he loves length, whether it's a cornerback or it's an offense or defensive lineman. You're seeing that, and you're looking at guys who can move. So if they're big, long, and can move, he's going after them, and the, he's also been able to exploit some areas that Illinois hasn't been strong at in recruiting for a long time. And 
watch out because as he accumulates talent, that team is going to look and feel even meaner and nastier than it was last year. No, that's an excellent point. And you know, something else too, that um, you could hear just a hint of criticism about a month ago that he didn't have enough kids from the state of Illinois after saying, I'm going to lock down the state. That was the thing he said on the first day as introductory press conference and went out and called like, you know, 50, 60 coaches that day, high school coaches personally. Um, he very quietly has, has come in and gotten uh, a very good share of Illinois players in this class of 2024 that he's recruiting here this summer. In addition to the kids he's getting from out of state, the, the petty kid, the quarterback from Mississippi, of course, he's still doing well down in Florida and the guys he's gotten down there. So um, it's, it's a lot of fun to, to see this. And again, we're going to talk more with Matt here in a moment, but um, you know, it reminds me a little bit of the Ron Zook days where you just kind of look up and, and you're not just, you're not just getting kids, but you're, you're beating some other really good programs for these kids to get them to come to Illinois. 10 programs. You beat big 10 programs. That means you're beating good teams, right? I mean, you're beating your, 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 your brothers, right? I mean, the teams you're competing against day in and day out. If you can beat them for recruits, uh, that's huge. And they're also beating some Big 12, even some SEC programs on some of these guys too. So I think that's uh, really important. I, the thing that I always look at, the other thing was really cool. It's like some of these guys are guys that when the other school that doesn't get him, when they're mad about it, it kind of tells you that they're good, right? I mean, so they're like upset about it. And they're, you know, I, I know that there's been some um, shade thrown from other Big Ten schools toward Bielema and, and his staff for some memes they put on Twitter, things like that. I think that's great. First of all, the, the, the competition is great. It's great to have that kind of deal. But also it's great because that means they noticed and, and they know, right? And, and the, so it's, I think it's really good. Now, yeah. the other difference I got to add, Bielema coaches a little bit better than Zook did. So if you can get really good recruits, I think he'll be okay. Yeah, I, and I do think it's kind of funny, but as a as an old, old Illini fan, we've learned that when the Illini are doing well is generally when people are complaining about them. You can go all the way back to Mike White in the 80s. And uh, when Brett Bielma gets people whining about him, just like Brad Underwood had people whining about him, that's usually a really strong indicator for the <laughs> Illini program that things are going better than anticipated. <laughs> it's a sad litmus test, but a litmus test nonetheless. Yeah, you're right. So we're going to talk more recruiting in hour number two uh, with Matt Stevens and the football program overall. Uh, also, Kendrick Prince on his way here in a few minutes, and he's got some recruiting notes as well in his uh, recruiting roundup. Hey, want to talk about a former Illini, always number one in our hearts, the former All-American Ayo DeSumo, did not have a great second year with the Bulls, but uh, they came out this week and said they will uh, offer him, give him a qualifying offer, which basically makes him a restricted free agent, uh, which means the former Morgan Park High School star, Chicago native, it appears, uh, will be in Chicago uh, for this upcoming season and, and possibly beyond. Yeah, I think it's awesome for Ayo. Um, to get this qualifying order because it gives him a guarantee. So, and it shows obviously that they feel like he has some value and he's got this, he's got a pretty good, you know, value because he had enough starting, you know, he had some starting games he started and things like that. So it ups his salary. And, and I think it's really good for him because it also see where he's going to be. Now, if he ends up taking the qualifying offer, that means he's an unrestricted free agent next year, um, potentially. If, if he or he can, you know, they can always negotiate a longer-term deal as well. But he also might get a, a deal, better deal from somewhere where it really fits. I've heard, actually, I've heard Boston has interest in him. Um, 
they lost Marcus Smart. I mean, there's another six five guy who excels on the defensive end. So, you know, maybe that's a great fit because he he might be uh, kind of finagle into an NBA title or something. Then, yeah, it seems like the the Bulls are caught in where Kevin Garnett was for a decade, <laughs> um, good enough to just barely make the playoffs some years, and and then you know you can never get the draft picks that put you over the top. Um, so maybe a Boston trade would be good for him. On the other hand, the Bulls just hired uh, Peter Patton as a uh, three-point shooting uh, expert. And so who knows, maybe he'll be able to grab, you know, to help IO and and improve that. He's I think he's shooting 35.4% from the three-point line. But boy, to get himself up into the low 40s would be uh, a, a real boon for his career. So uh, either way, it seems like IO is in a good position. Yeah, uh, hopefully so. And he can find a, if it's not Chicago or or if it's Boston, uh, being a place where, you know, he's not going to be the number one option uh, in either place. Um, but I think it's also a testament to his basketball IQ and his savvy as a professional that he can step in um, not only with the Bulls remaining there, the team that drafted him in the second round, but maybe going to a team like Boston um, that, again, looking for now that veteran piece that can kind of fill out and be a facilitator, play a lot of different roles within the offense while not being the central part of the offense. We certainly wish Io well, and we'll be uh, watching his situation as well. Stay with us. Her name is Calamity McIntyre, one of our favorite interview guests. She comes back on the show. That's coming up next here on the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuides.com. When life isn't easy, you need health care that is. You need OSF On-Call Urgent Care. With OSF On-Call Urgent Care, we make it easy to get affordable, quick, convenient care for minor illnesses and injuries when and where you need it. Reserve an appointment online or walk in for care 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day, even on holidays. Virtual visits are also available 24-7, 365. Get started today or find a clinic near you at osfoncall.org slash urgent care. Hi. This is Larry Smith, proud native of Central Illinois. It's been an honor to have reported on the world's biggest sporting events for the past three decades. And as a lifelong Illini fan, it's a privilege to now be with IlliniGuys.com. My friends and I put this together with one goal in mind, to have the best Illini-centric website around. Great features, podcasts, insider stuff. I know a little something about telling athlete stories, and these guys know a lot about the Illini. It's a perfect match. Come over and check it out. IlliniGuys.com. As we promised here before the break on the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com, um, we have been following, you know, with Ked, uh, Kedrick Prince in the recruiting roundup, and he's been wearing out his lasso, right, talking about all these recruits and, you know, wrestling these guys in. Well, the people doing the real work, the coaches, um, the Illini women's basketball team uh, has had just such a tremendous last 12 months, and already this summer they're off and running again. Calamity McIntyre back on the show with us, the assistant coach, for the Illini women's basketball team. Calamity, good to see you. Um, welcome to summer. And um, first off, let's just start with, with workouts. As you know, the Illini gal, Adalia McKenzie, joining us each week. And she tells us that this has been as, as exciting as it was last year to begin working with you guys as a new staff. Um, it has been just as exhilarating here for your summer workouts um, with all the new players and having known the system and the things you guys are able to accomplish now that you actually have that that base to work with. And and you'll be able to show the players and everyone that what you guys want to do works, the great success you had in year one. Yeah, no doubt. It's great to have the whole team here. Um, obviously, we've got a lot of returners. You know, we lost Geo and 
and we we added four four more and uh it's just really exciting time i mean the vibes are good the work ethics good but again we we still go back to the very foundation you know we're working passing and and dribbling and shooting at a very elementary level um we're progressing a lot faster <laughs> than we did this time next year of course but um we've already started putting in our phoenix transition our basic principles on defense and honestly the the vibes are good our leadership is much better this time this year than it was uh, a year ago. So just really excited about having this group on campus and and getting in the gym with them, you know, almost daily. How are how have the newcomers kind of uh, slid in? I, I know it's tough for kids to come into a team that has so many veterans. It's good, but it's tough to find the, your, your role or your niche there. So how, how are they adjusting? Yeah, the good part is there aren't a lot of roles yet. Like everybody's just getting established with the foundation. So uh, Camille Hobby obviously is a veteran. She's been in practice for four years at the Division One level at a very high level, uh, you know, a top 15 program that she came from in NC State. So, you know, she's adjusting very well. Shay Bolin is a ball of energy. I mean, she might be one of the best teammates coming in. She's already been through a year of college practice. So she's not eyes wide open, like, what the heck's going on? Like, she's <laughs> used to the pace. Um, but you know, she's, she's doing really, really well, just being really vocal and, and really high energy and effort player, high motor player. Um, and then with Gretchen and Corey, you know, both of them had phenomenal high school careers, but they're also still freshmen. Like Corey played at the highest level of high school basketball you can play at. She won Geico nationals twice. And, you know, Gretchen, averaging 30 something points a game in high school like both of them are so good but they're still freshmen and things are really fast and they're both Corey said it the other day at elite camp you know that we had a question and answer session she said you guys I'm your age basically like she said I just got here and she said my head's still spinning but the one thing we love about them is each and every day they show up to work they're trying really hard they're adjusting quickly that's one thing about playing at a really high level both of them are able to adjust quickly. They both played on the EYBL circuit, so they've played against good competition. And um, they're just great people also. So they're very unselfish. They're not, you know, so inward thinking about themselves all the time. They're giving to their teammates. So actually, I think they both this week and week three have have kind of turned a corner a little bit and are getting a little bit more comfortable and starting to be themselves a little bit more so. A really, really fun group of newcomers. And then with the returners, you know, it's good to see. I mean, Makaira Cook is really just playing at a high level right now. It's very impressive. So um, just super excited about this team and where we're at today. That's so exciting. And the culture, again, you guys have built it in in just a year is amazing. And it's great to, um, even on our message boards, on IlliniGuys.com, I will tell you that, um, you know, in, in our, when we first started the board two and a half years ago, um, women's basketball was not something that was talked about. And if we posted something, Brad posted a tidbit, it just died and went down the board, right? Like nobody, nobody commented. We now have members who actually come on and they will start game threads and they will discuss your game during the game. It's exciting to see. I do want to take one moment and step back. I don't want to get too much off in terms of this summer and, and what's what the future is. We haven't talked to you since the season ended and it's been a, you know three months now. Um, Looking back, what what do you take away? Obviously, so many successes, um, and 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 
great things happened in the season. What did you and the staff, what did you guys, when you look back now in terms of what you accomplished in your first 12 months on campus? Yeah, no, that's a great question. You know, when we look back at some things probably developed a little bit sooner than we thought they would. Um, but when we look back, we're first of all, extremely grateful for the folks that came out to state farm, you know, that first game where we had under a thousand people, we were like, Whoa, <laughs> I don't know how much of a home court advantage this is, <laughs> but then you get into January one, you get into that Iowa game, you get into the last conference games that we played in the season and you're getting six, 7,000 people. You know, we look back on that and that's just a foundation you know, for where we want to go. We want to continue to to put butts in the seats in State Farm. And then to your point of what you said, like we laid the culture, we laid the foundation, we laid the culture of family. And I know that's really overused, but our team knows what that means and they're living it every day. We laid the foundation of fundamentals. We laid the foundation of our style of play. And so the foundation has been laid. The winning expectation has been laid. We know that the perception of Illinois women's basketball has changed. And we're very grateful for that. It also means that we are um, we are a little more hunted than we were a year ago. And that means we've got to, you know, our whole theme for this summer is next level. Like everything's got to take another step up. We've got to, we've got to move up to the next level in every category from leadership, skill development, details, like you name it. As a team, we have to be tighter than we've ever been. And um, the schedule that we got for conference this next year reflects that. And so looking back, that's another thing we've noticed is, is, you know, the rankings haven't come out yet, but we know we weren't picked last this time uh, just based on that schedule. And, and at the same time, we're proud of that. We earned that and, and we're excited about it. Is it, you know, when you try and stack seasons here, essentially, you're trying to make, you know, build on last season. Is it difficult when you look at your, your conference is so good. I mean, the big 10 is really good, very deep. A lot of teams are going to win, Do you, and you have a you, this. Your non-conference schedule is going to be a little bit tougher this year. Is it difficult, maybe, to, to kind of manage the not really manage expectations because, but but stay involved in the process as opposed to maybe you lose a game early. I mean, you know, is it more? How difficult is that? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, our goal is to sustained success, and that's the goal. We talk about it all the time, but within that, we have to take care of today every single day. And so the good part is we talked about our culture where our culture is doing things one way, one day at a time, one possession at a time, being in that moment. So although we talk about like, oh, the schedule this next year is tougher and we're still in the moment every single day trying to to, to be elite in every single moment. So, I mean, as far as our team goes, Coach Green does a great job with the messaging of that. And it, we preach it daily. So I think it kind of reels in all of the expectation, all of the maybe anxiousness and excitement and all of that, because you start thinking about that stuff too quick, practice gets pretty challenging. <laughs> so if you stay in the moment and just do what you're supposed to do and take care of what you're supposed to, we'll continue to get better. Um, and that's our that's our goal. We can't control anything else. And so we have to continue to prepare, um, stay together, stay tight knit, um, build those relationships and uh, just continue to grow as a as a basketball team we mentioned of course everyone who listens to the show knows that Dalia mckenzie is on most weeks we do give her mm -hmm. a couple weeks off because she's a student athlete and she doesn't need to be with us every single week um <laughs> but the last member of the staff we had on the show um had not yet officially joined your staff and that's Brittany anderson coming in from stanford 
Um, and, you know, obviously a great pedigree coming from, uh, you know, coaching under a, a legend of Tara Vanderveer. Um, I know you guys are friends. What has she brought to um, the energy here on, on your staff? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, you know, Ryan had been with us for so long and, and is such a great guy. And we're so extremely happy for him. And so when you add someone to the staff, you're unsure about how it's going to go. And man, we've just hit the ground running with Brittany. I mean, she is, she is an elite relationship builder. She is great on the phone with recruits and, and parents and, and with our players, like she has been phenomenal. Obviously she's still learning our system, but she's not someone who's timid. She gets in there. She's, she works hard. Um, and, and she values being here. And I think that's, that's super important. Um, you mentioned Adalia though, and I want to, I want to give Adalia a little bit of a shout out. Uh, she had the most unbelievable practice yesterday. I mean, Adalia McKenzie was a monster. And I looked at her and I said, oh, I was like, this is the Adalia McKenzie I was hoping we would see this summer. <laughs> Took her a couple of weeks to kind of get her footing back. But I mean, she was all over that floor and, and she just had an elite week of practice. And extremely extremely excited about her progress in the direction she's going so i have to give her a little bit of a shout out because i know she's on here with you guys a lot but y'all she's gonna make you proud no question kind of look at you know your change last year you really battling up front not having the front court depth really gave you guys some fits against some of the the bigger teams you feel like you've addressed that with the yeah i, I do think we addressed some of that in getting some depth with shay and uh camille hobby uh, obviously, obviously we've only been with those guys for three weeks. They have a long ways to go in our system as well, but I think rebounding is major key for us, um, on both ends of the floor. Like we talk about it daily right now. And then we instill, we, we, we were able to install our whole offense, our Phoenix transition, our defense, but everything could be a little bit tighter. When we look back, some of our championship teams had been in the system a little bit longer and everything was tighter. So for us as a coaching staff, we're still coaching those details, but like, we're like, I told uh, my position group, I've, I've got Makaira and Cam and Jen and Corey was down there with us. And I told them yesterday, I stopped the drill. And I said, when we, when we get really good is when we're in a drill and we know, you know, on this closeout, this guy's not going to drive us. Like we know that that's part of the drill. He's not going to drive us, but our closeout right there is elite. It's the best closeout we've had all day, even though he's not going to drive us. So just the instilling the mentality of every single thing you do every single time matters and, and really holding them accountable to that. Cause I think that's going to help take us to the next level. Like we've got a very hungry group right now. It's exciting and exciting to see um, when the, the university put the athletic department, put out the, um, the season tickets, um, they're extremely reasonable uh, people. If you are looking for something to do and you want to go watch some great basketball, I don't know what else you could do with your entertainment dollar that you could get this much enjoyment for this little money. I mean, you have to go buy tickets to finding a line on women's basketball. And I'm not saying it just because we love coaching. She's on the show. We're not saying that. We're just saying that because I went, wow. I mean, I live out of state. I might buy season tickets just so I could have a seat when I want to come to a game. Um, <laughs> it was outstanding. And I think it's, and I, I love what they did in terms of, listen, come out and support this team. Yeah. We need to make money for the program, obviously, but we need your support. And, and I think the, you know, Josh Whitman and whoever makes those decisions made it very, they make it very easy for teams to, for people to do that, to come support you guys. Yeah. And I think it, it's, 
we're a sport that you can bring your family to, you can bring your little kids to, you can like our players hang out after the game to spend time with these families because it, we value them so much and we appreciate the port. So this is the support so much. So um, I, I agree with you. I'm extremely grateful um, that, you know, it's a reasonable price for people to come watch us play. And again, I just think families of all ages can come and and really, really, really have a great time in State Farm Arena watching our team. Pack the house, pack the house. And you guys do such a phenomenal job. Uh, Coach McIntyre, great to have you on. And by the way, if you want to buy tickets, go to fightingalini.com. Make sure you do that. Uh, and do it now to get your better seats um, because this is a team you're going to want to watch, not just once, but uh, but more than once. And by the way, Coach, we may not see you again until opening weekend for football here in a couple of weeks. Uh, last year, you came by the Illini guys tailgate. Please do that again and say hello, uh, not just to us, but also uh, the members of the Illini guys who uh, will be there as well. Enjoyed talking to you last year. Always enjoy having you on the show. Enjoy the summer, and, and we look forward to seeing you here in a, in a couple of months uh, live in person. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Always great to be on the show with you all. All right. We appreciate it. <clears throat> Calamity McIntyre, assistant coach for the Fighting Illini women's basketball team. And again, having a very great summer. And uh, by the way, coach, we should ask, uh, Adalia does wear her deodorant to practice every day, right? <laughs> Thank goodness. Every single day. Okay. She stands right. beside me in the circle. So I'm quite sure I can say yes to that. <laughs> there you go. Okay. okay. <laughs> let, her, let her know that we're checking on her. She's growing. <laughs> She's yeah. growing as a player. Exactly. Yeah, we, development on and off the court. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. She's uh, no. She, she's she, for all of us. She's like she's like another daughter for all of us. We have so much fun with her and uh, enjoy talking with you as well, Coach. Thanks again. This is uh, the Atlanta Guys Sports Spectacular. Hearing us all on the Atlanta Guys Radio Network. We're back with much more after this timeout. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Well, a big month of June um, means who else? The man with the lasso, Kedrick Prince, who's wearing this lasso out. He's the director of recruiting for IlliniGuys.com. Ked's recruiting roundup. Kedrick Prince is here. Hey, Ked, you know, um, we were talking a few minutes ago again about just – how big this has been. What a month for Brett Bielema. Uh, let's start with it. a lot of names here to talk about. A lot of kids have been uh, giving their verbal pledges here this month. Alex Kapka Jones. He's a junior college uh, wide receiver um, out of California that at the very least gives you some depth in this um, receiver room, but, but could come in and uh, contribute much more than that. Well, you know what? I think he, you know, there's a possibility, you know, that he could. A lot of people were kind of knocking him because he didn't have a lot of big time offers. But what I think they liked about him, one, he was a junior college kid. He's been around, but he's 6'4", you know, 6'4", 180 pounds. I mean, so he's really long and lanky. Um, not a lot of meat to him, but I think what they like is if you throw the deep ball to him, they'll have a guy that they could go up, who can go up and go get it. I think he's athletic enough to do that. You know, um, not a possession receiver or any stretch of the imagination, but again, have two years of eligibility, um, you know, and he's kind of that sure-handed guy. Um, Illinois wants a deep threat guy. They have some young guys, but it's a nice guy to have in your receiver room, you know, like you mentioned, Larry, with some with some depth um, in that position and also some size of being 6'4". Good. You know, obviously the adding to the wide receiver rooms, uh, you know, especially an outside receiver like this, is something they want to do. But uh, I was in, intrigued by uh, Karsten Kunkel, who is a kid from Illinois, uh, down southern Illinois, who is who they're actually projecting as a tight end, even though he really hasn't played tight end until he came to camp, and then he put on a show. Uh, what can you tell me about him? 
Well, first of all, I mean, like, his size. I mean, Brad, he's 6'6", six, six, you know, 225, 230 pounds. Uh, I like the fact that he's from Pickneyville, Illinois. Um, you don't get a lot of any kind of recruits from Pickneyville, Illinois, to go to the University of Illinois, um, tongue twister. Um, you know, he's the, he's the fourth player in the state to commit, which is huge. Um, Brett Bielema, um, he's staying true to his pledge. I mean, he's recruiting the state hard. Um, you know, again, this is the fourth kid that he was able to commit. You got Tyson Griffin from Morgan Park, Eddie Turek from LaGrange, um, Brandon Hansen from Underlion. So now, I mean, you're able to recruit the state, but he's a tall kid. He's an athlete, and I, he's fast. And, you know, and I know Illinois wants to use a tight end more than what they have in the past, Brad. Um, no disrespect, you know, to Luke Ford. I know he was a big kid from a small city, but this kid is a really, really good athlete, I think, is why they're going to use him at the tight end position. You know, the 80s featured Mike White with the uh, California connection, and it seems like Brett Bielema has the Florida connection, uh, can you tell us a little bit about Vernon Woodward, who was a flip committed for, to Wisconsin and then changed over to the Fighting Illini? Well, let's talk about what you said. When was the last time, you know, consistently Illinois is able to flip anybody? You know, you get a kid who commits to Wisconsin, you know, two weeks ago, and then he, you know, pledges to go to the University of Illinois, you know, and he has some decent offers. I mean, he had Arkansas and Michigan State and obviously Wisconsin. But I think um, defensive coordinator Ann Henry has done a tremendous job of convincing those kids that it's okay to leave Florida to come to the University of Illinois. Um, I think he is a really, really physical uh, cornerback. Um, and I think that's why I think Wisconsin, after he flipped, I went to the Wisconsin message boards, and I think they're really upset because they know Illinois got a steal and a kid, and, you know, he's a guy that can play man coverage. And when you have one of the best defenses in the country, like Illinois had last year, and Aaron Henry's the defensive coordinator, it's an easy sell, you know, when you had guys go to the NFL as well. So getting those kids from down, you know, south to come to the, to the Midwest to play, you know, for Brett Bielema and with the success, I'm not surprised, that, you know, one bit. Talking with Kedrick Prince here, director of recruiting for IlliniGuys.com. Uh, there are more names to get to, but I, I want to ask you a quick question. You talked to all these kids before and after they commit. What are you? What are they saying to you about um, what intrigues them about the, about this Illinois program? Larry, that is an awesome question. Here's what what I I love about this. You know, I've been around long enough. You know, just recently we went through Lovey Smith and you know Tim Beckman. I went through the Ron Turner, Aaron Ron Zook era. And they've all had their flashes. But this staff is different. I mean, this is why I get so excited talking about football. You talk to these recruits, they all believe. I mean, you know, all these coaches talk about family atmosphere. They're selling it, and these kids believe it. They believe that – and Brett Bielema is involved himself. He'll call a kid. He'll go out, and he'll go see a kid. He'll talk to a family. And when the kids get on campus, the other recruit – the other – excuse me, the current players – they're selling it. They're telling these kids, we want you here. Don't leave without committing. You know, we want you to be a part of this program. That is, I don't see a lot of that in a lot of different programs. And the facilities make a big difference. People don't think it does, but these kids like the Smith Center. They like what's going on. And Brent is a former walk-on. 
So he's been through it, and he's developing talent as well. So they have, you know, they're checking all the boxes with everything right now, and they won last year. He can put guys in the NFL. So this is a good program to be a part of right now, in my opinion, because they're getting recruits that are they're competing against schools like Michigan and Penn State and Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota. That hasn't happened consistently. Ken, it seems like you look at you know go at the look at the list of commits that they've gotten, and obviously there's some out of state kids, but they've done a good job in state. Joe Barna's an in state kid, but then two more uh, we haven't mentioned two more uh, Florida defensive backs, Chase Green and Amar Reynolds. So I, I think it's really important to note that they're getting they, they are getting their speed from Florida and getting their linemen and their linebackers from in state. It's really an impressive job by Bielema. You know what? What's really unique about that, Brad, is that's that's what it was like in the, you know, people stereotype the Midwest or the state of Illinois. You go through the state of Illinois or Iowa or Minnesota or Wisconsin to get your linemen, but then when you want the skill position players, whether it be offensive or defense, you go south. So I don't know if that's what they're doing, but it definitely looks like that on, on paper, you know. Um, you know, but you're right. And I think they are going down there for speed. You know, you talk about Amar Reynolds. He's a 6'1", uh, 175 defensive back uh, from, from Florida. And, I mean, he had a power five off of Indiana. But they see speed. They see speed and they see physicality. They look for guys that can hit, guys that can run. without Because you can teach all the things you want. And you can teach techniques, which Illinois deserves a lot of credit for but you can't teach speed and athleticism, and they're getting that. And and that's really and truly impressive. Ken, it's just amazing what they've done uh, so quickly here. And, um, you know, it's funny reading the stuff you put on the boards on IlliniGuys.com and the message forums, you know, behind the paywall and then the stuff again on the front page. Um, like you said, it's just – it is incredible to see what's happening with this program so quickly. And uh, we're thrilled you're here to bring it, uh, bring it all to us. Kendrick Prince, Director of Recruiting for IlliniGuys.com. We appreciate it. Uh, we'll see you next time. Happy 4th. Thanks for having me. You got it. By the way, real quick, does the horse get scared during 4th of July during fireworks? Is it spooky? You know, I was – that's funny. I was just thinking that. I'm going to have to put some uh, some earmuffs on his ears. Yeah. yeah. Calm, just, you know, let him know it's okay. So maybe – Give him some catnip, some horse nip, calm him down. Ooh. I don't know. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, though. Uh, some of the other reasons they're on such a great recruiting role is Ked, Ked's the mom whisperer. We got to, when those moms start hearing that they get a chance to see Ked on a regular basis. Well, the, the football recruiting, with the, with the football recruiting, well, I don't know. There's more, there's a lot more opportunities out there. I know that. Just kidding. You, know, you guys know how strong, as I, I kind of watch the message boards, right? I watch the memberships. I can tell you who's joining and, and that kind of thing for lanaguys.com. When Ked does stories, moms join lanaguys.com. I'm not kidding. Larry's, Larry's very sarcastic, but he's telling the truth about this. The truth. <laughs> All right, Ked, there he goes. Last one hand. <laughs> Recruits are the only thing he's getting at that lasso. All right, Josh Whitman, Hill Athletic Director. His chat with Mike is up next here on the Sports Spectacular. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. 800-448-0828.
800-448-0828. That's 800-448-0828. Packages start at $29.99 a month with signed agreement. Restrictions apply. Speak to a representative for complete offer details. See Vivint.com for license details. Terms and conditions apply. Homeowners, if you're looking for the best in home security and smart home technology at a price you can actually afford, we have great news. Now you can get Vivint's award-winning home security systems starting at about a dollar a day. U.S. News & World Report has recognized Vivint as the best professionally installed home security system of 2022. And right now, you can get Vivint's home security technology for about a dollar a day. Plus, get free professional installation from a licensed technician. Protect your home and loved ones for as low as a dollar a day. Call right now for your free home security consultation. 800-613-8053 That's 800-613-8053 Welcome back here to the show, Larry, Mike, and Brad. Um, you know, Mike was at the States of the uh, Program uh, event last week. Josh Whitman, the athletic director, uh, at the U of I, does this every year. He pulls the media in, and uh, really, it's, it's a free-for-all, right? I mean, you know, guys can uh, can record uh, what goes on, but you can't then, uh, you know, put it out uh, on blast. Um, so, but he did talk with Mike later one-on-one and had a conversation about all things uh, with Illinois sports. Let's listen to part of that, and then we'll chat about it on the other side. What are some of the things that you're doing to help maintain that excellence that we've seen on the football field, the basketball courts, the golf, and there's a lot of other sports that I don't want to string here, but what are you doing to, to make sure that that stays in the up mode? I think the most important thing is we're, we're keeping people hungry. You know, we continue to challenge people. We continue to make people appropriately uncomfortable. I, I think we're always trying to raise the bar and ask new questions, come up with new ideas, think about things that we can do differently. The reality is that, that the status quo is, is never acceptable. And, and so how can we continue to evolve as a program? How can we be creative in our allocation and use of resources? And, and, and that generally happens in partnership with the head coach. You, know, you want to sit down with the head coach and, and if you've got the right head coach, they're, they're asking for things. They have ideas about what they need in order for the program to take the next steps. And, and so it, it, the most successful situations are those that are very collaborative. And, and so I generally view it as a partnership between um, the administration and the coaching staff trying to develop a, a plan and then ultimately execute on that plan to, to continue moving things forward. You know, you talked a little bit about how fans view success for things like the NCAA tournament. And I thought it was really interesting how you as an athletic director look at that success, especially within the framework of the regular season and the basketball program as a whole. Can you tell fans a little bit about how, from your vantage point, you may evaluate these type of things? I think in particular with with basketball, I, I just think that the tournament is not built to identify the best team. The, the NBA playoffs are built to develop the best team. You know, they have multi-game series. They, they allow for the, the one-offs where somebody rises up on a given night and beats the better team. 
And nobody's going to say, if you look back at last NCAA tournament, nobody's going to say that Farley Dickinson is a better team than Purdue. They're not. Nobody's going to say, even Farley Dickinson probably wouldn't right. say that. But on that night, they had one of those magic experiences where they got it done. And so in the NCAA tournament, we have created maybe the greatest spectacle in the history of sports. It goes over three or four weeks. It captivates an entire country. But nobody's ever going to claim it's intended to find the best team. And so our goal has to be to continue to try and build the best team. And knowing that if we have the best team, then it should improve our chances when we get to March. But it doesn't guarantee anything. As we learned back in 2021, we, we had one of the top three or four teams in the country didn't guarantee us anything. But we gave us the best odds, and we just we had one of those nights like Purdue had against Farley Dickinson. Um, and so from, our, from my perspective, we just have to keep piecing together access. We have to keep performing well in the regular season, getting into the NCAA tournament. The more games we win in the regular season, the better our seed's going to be, which mathematically improves our chances of getting on one of those streaks where we can catch a hot a heater and, and make a run through a couple different weekends. But it's the consistency that'll get us there. It's, it's you know, if you're only in the tournament once out of every five years, the chances of getting in the tournament and then getting on one of those streaks get really, really small. If you're in the tournament five out of five years, your odds go up pretty good that one of those or two or three of those years, you're going to catch one of those hot streaks and, and you're going to, things are going to break your way and you're going to get to advance pretty deep. Yeah, that, that's a good thing. People don't always remember that it's there to make captivating TV as opposed to a seven-game series. Um, one other, you know, that another question that comes up is Mike Small with the Illinois golfing program maybe arguably not just one of the best coaches in all of golf, but maybe across any sport. How the heck do you work with a guy with that type of uh, ability and talent, and how do you help him solve problems and collaborate with him? I just try and stay out of Mike's way. <laughs> it, you know, the rule number one in the Illinois Athletic Director's Handbook is don't screw up men's golf. And, and so I, I, uh, I joke a, a bit, but you know, Mike obviously has built a, a behemoth in, in our golf program, and a lot of that happened before I got here. But I, I think from from my perspective, the things that I can do are continue to try and generate and supply the resources that he needs in different areas to move the program forward. I, I think you've seen that now with uh, the, the Atkins Golf Club and, and having a permanent championship home for the golf program. I think you've seen it with some of the expansion we've been able to do to the on-campus facility with some of the things we've been able to do even with Mike's contract and some of his staffing, assistant coaches. We want to make sure that, that he has what he needs in order to be successful. And ultimately, that's determined through a collaborative discussion with Mike and me and some other members of our administrative teams. Okay, what's the path forward? How do we go from being fifth to being first? And, and we know at, at this point it gets really steep. You know, we, We've already covered a lot of the, the most treacherous ground to go from of being an also ran in a northern climate to being one of the premier golf programs in the country how do we how do we move ourselves from being consistently in the top eight or top ten to to being in that final final group and, and ultimately having a chance to ring the bell and i know that's what drives mike and and certainly we're driven to make sure that we're supporting him in whatever way we can to realize that goal 
Perfect. Uh, another question that comes up, Coach B last year was really um, quite strong in encouraging people to come out and watch football. Uh, and obviously, we finally got probably what I consider the best duo of, of, of head football coach and head basketball coach since probably the late 80s, early 90s. Um, if fans are looking you know, to spend their hard-earned dollars and they want to get the best value for their football tickets, you know, when should they make the decision to purchase those tickets that'll that'll kind of be the best for them financially and obviously get a chance to see the season? The best value from a ticketing perspective continues to be our season tickets. We, we publicized a lot of the different pricing changes that we implemented this year. We, we were very intentional in trying to eliminate any financial barriers to people who want to come into the building on a regular basis. And so there are tickets that makes sense at every price point and, and people may have to accept a certain seat in the stadium but they can get themselves in the building they can get in there with their family their friends um, if people aren't interested or don't want to make that kind of a commitment that seven weekend commitment a year starting in mid-july we'll be offering our single game packages something that will be different for us this year than in past years and, and we're putting this out publicly we won't be doing any in-season price cutting we won't be offering any discounts as the team progresses and as we're really trying to move the needle on a particular game, our commitment now is that the pricing we announce next week, which will go up for sale in mid-July, is the best single game pricing that will exist for this season. And, and so if people want to get the best bang for their buck, if they're not able to buy a season ticket or aren't able to commit to that many weekends, they want to come to three games, we can, we can give them a great deal right out of the box Come August 4th, we're already telling people we're going to raise the prices. And, and so we're going to have a, a limited window there of three weeks or so where people are going to be able to get the best prices on our single game ticketing. And we're hoping by doing it that way, communicating it so publicly is that we want people to make plans. We want them to make, to force them to think early about what are we going to do on Saturdays in this, in this fall. And hopefully that includes bringing, bringing their folks and, and coming into our stadium. Perfect. So circle July 13th on your calendar, folks. You may want to get there and make sure you get the best ticket possible. Um, one final question. With NIL changing the landscape, has that forced uh, changes like, for instance, that, that the admissions department has to work with um, you know, with NIL, I should say the transfer portal admissions department kind of has to work much quicker and more flexible with the athletic department. Does that mean that there has to be communications that are proper and within the rules with the NIL organizations? How has NIL forced you to rethink the agility of your department and how they work with other departments here at the University of Illinois or even without? Yeah, I, I think you touched on two kind of related issues. One is the transfer portal, and, and I think that that does create more urgency in a lot of our conversations, our efforts, our decision-making. And so we have been really grateful to our colleagues across campus, particularly in the admissions area, uh, of helping us to evaluate candidates, understand transcripts, and get to a place where we can make admissions decisions on a more accelerated timeline, knowing that if we drag our feet, somebody might choose to go elsewhere who could be a real difference maker for our program. On the NIL side, 
really the, the focal point has to be making sure that our current student athletes have a very robust NIL opportunity. NIL inducement is one of the few rules that are on the books. There's a prohibition against that. And so we can't, for example, put a recruit in the room with representatives from ICON. I mean, that's against the rules. And so what we can do is, is have our coaches talk about ICON and they can talk about some of the NIL opportunities that have been available to our current team with the understanding that similar opportunities are likely to be made available to that young man or woman who's a part of the recruiting process without some promise. We, we can't promise them, hey, if you come here, this is what that deal will right. look like. But, but we can say people who play a lot like you do have gotten these kinds of deals and so that they can then connect the dots and say, well, if, if I play like that, then hopefully that kind of opportunity will be available to me as well. Excellent. Anything else that I didn't ask about or anything you wanted to put out there for any of the fans as they're listening to the Sports Spectacular here? I think just to, to thank people and, and encourage them to engage with our program. When we talked a lot in the roundtable event here about preparing for success and, and how we've spent years building ourselves to this point, now the, the key for us is to accelerate, not to relax. And, and so in order for that to happen, it's going to require everybody. It's going to require all of us. We're going to try and do our part in terms of the competitiveness of our teams, but also the experience that our fans get when they come in the building. Uh, Memorial Stadium this year, they'll see, I, I think, a more professionalized, robust customer service experience. We've, we're onboarding a new uh, third party that will provide all of our, our in-stadium staffing. Uh, we'll see more points of sale on our concession stand. We're going to see things that are different in terms of, of that environment. So we just need uh, people to come in the building, experience Illinois football, basketball, all of our sports with us. Um, there's a lot of excitement right now, and I think if, uh, if people will take some time and, and come spend it with us, they'll come away with great memories, uh, great uh, experiences for them and, and their friends and family, and, and hopefully thirsty to come back and do it again. I'm sure Mike gets this, but Josh is very, very uh, measured with his responses. He knows exactly what he's going to say. Um, he's like He's like an attorney. Well, that makes sense, doesn't it? No, uh, but no, he he knows exactly what he's going to say going into this. He he anticipates questions. Rarely is he surprised by any question, and, and you know he basically, but he does a great job of kind of also elaborating, giving you some details that perhaps aren't you know readily available. I mean, you know, so to people out there on unless they're on a you know a, a message board or on a you know, premium fan site. They don't know a lot of these things. So I, I think it's good that he does this to kind of open up the eyes of some people outside. But I, I think it's really good. Yeah, and, and Josh was kind enough to give a few minutes of his time to us. Um, unfortunately, we were in a room that was a little echoey, so there was no hostage taking involved, though <laughs> you may you may have thought there was. Uh, but it, we always appreciate when Josh gives us his candid views of what's going on and responds to questions and, and kind of, you know, opens the door a little bit to some of the questions that we have and gives us some good answers. Yeah, we always appreciate his time. Uh, great with the media. And again, what a job he has done overall. You talk about, uh, you know, going through and the success that Illinois programs had, obviously capped off by men's golf and reaching the NCAA quarterfinals. Uh, women's golf, first ever Big Ten championship. Uh, you had All-Americans in track and field and uh, All-Americans in men's and women's tennis. I mean, it goes on and on. And not including, of course, the success we've talked about football and some of the other sports in the winter. They're coming back up here uh, in the fall. 
Appreciate Josh. Appreciate all that they've done. Hey, keep it right here. We've got much more to come. Hour number two. And uh, don't forget, Matt Stevens still on the way. And we'll talk about uh, the big change that's possibly coming to college athletics as early as next year. That's next on the Sports Spectacular here along the Illini Guys Radio Network. This is Brad Underwood. You're listening to the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. Hour number two, Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Kegley. Glad you're with us here on this uh, holiday weekend. Hopefully, if you're out and about, we hopefully you travel safe. And uh, glad you've got us as part of your weekend. Um, you know, we, we were talking uh, earlier about uh, the NCAA and uh, the transfer portal. Um, you know, it's still a work in progress, right? I mean, we know this. Um, there are some pros. There are some cons of this. Here's a possible change that I, I think I'm in favor of. I think, I think you guys will be, too. Possibly reducing the time that that window was open this year, it was, you know, a couple of months, right. It was like, you know, March until Christmas. It seemed like um, they're talking about shortening that window. And I think it's a good move. Oh, there's no question. I mean, it, it's nuts. I mean, these guys have already gone through a recruiting process. So they've seen schools. They don't need two months to go through this. And, and yes, you can say, well, they got to make a decision. Yeah, they, they do. They have to enter the portal by this date. And, and many of these guys have, they can still announce later. But they just then you know who's in the portal, you know who you have to choose from, who you're recruiting, and so forth. It just makes a lot of sense because these guys who are waiting in, to announce until after, you know, until the last minute, really kind of silly, right? I mean, it just kind of makes it. Now for them, I think it makes sense because they're just trying to get the highest bidder and, and up their ante. But at the same time, it's just not good for the sport to have these guys out there for two months. Yeah, and sometimes when the transfer portal is longer than the actual season, maybe that's also <laughs> a negative, you know, out there. Um, I, I do think this is this is much better. And and I have to be honest with you, if you listen and put your ear down and and hear the fans, there's some frustration with fans with you know, fairly unfairly doesn't really matter with with the their players feeling like they turned into mercenaries. And I do think the shorter the time frame for decisions to be made, the less you ruffle the feathers of the people who are going to turn around, buy the tickets, buy the gear, get the Jersey. Uh, and I think that may be something that will help out as well. I don't think that was in the decision-making process, but I think that's an unintended consequence that may benefit um, college players when the fans are less uh, uh, frustrated as well. Yeah, and better better mental health for the fans who just like you said they run the gamut several times over. I hate him. Oh, I love him. Oh, what's he doing? Oh, he's an idiot. Oh, wait a minute, he's my favorite player ever. I mean, it is, and that's all within five minutes, literally. Yeah, uh, you know, so it's uh, maybe a little, you know, ease up on the mental health of fans as well if you have less time to fret over. Uh, what player X is going to do. You know, it's funny. We spend so much time talking about, uh, obviously, you know, we get, uh, you know, NCAA tournament and final four, and then it's NBA playoffs, NBA championships, Stanley cup, NBA draft. You forget that the NHL draft, they still also have a really big night that they're excited about. And um, it was fun to see some of the top uh, young talent in hockey uh, get called to the stage Wednesday night. Yeah, and for people in Illinois who are Blackhawks fans, I'm a Blues fan. I'm going to be honest. I've been a St. Louis Blues fan my life, whole life. But the Chicago Blackhawks are kind of, you know, I, I'm not an anti-Chicago guy because obviously I'm, I'm, you know, other Chicago teams are my teams. But I, I think the Blackhawks may have gotten a generational talent in mm -hmm. this draft. And 
you saw how excited they were when they got the number one pick between them. I mean, this is like, for those of you who don't follow hockey, this is like get the Spurs getting Victor Wimbayama, you know, from, mm-hmm. you know, this is like a generational talent who might be the next, whether it's Lemieux, Gretzky, I'm dating myself, you know, other good players, great players down the road. Yeah. And, and I go back to, you know, when Chaz Michael Michaels was in figure skating, he's probably that type of a generational <laughs> talent. Um, you know, can, can he pull off the iron butterfly? I am not certain, but you, you get a, you get an inspirational or a generational and inspirational leader like this. And it would be cool to have, you know, in the, in the middle of America's heartland, you know, the next Wayne Gretzky uh, coming out of Chicago. Pretty cool, great stuff there, and uh, and we'll we'll talk more next week also um, about kind of the NHL and where they fit um, with with all their pro pro sports right now. We've got our friend Doug Eldridge, uh, sports agent and a sports analyst. Uh, he's going to join us next week to talk more about that uh, here on the show. Uh, NFL always a big ticket, always in the news. Three sixty five, um, and if you have any question of the league's popularity um overseas uh, story this week where the dolphins and chiefs your your reigning super bowl champion kansas city chiefs are going to play in germany and uh, the the tickets sold out reportedly in 15 minutes how long until there's a team in europe in the nfl because the yeah. with the with the schedule being what it is where they only play once a week it is conceivable to do that it's not you know you really can't do it right now I don't think in the major leagues or in NBA, things like that, where they're playing every day. But if you're in the NFL, you've got, you know, that's eight times somebody has to go across seas. Yeah. I mean, I think that's very doable. Um, but wow, I, I, the, the popularity of the NFL is global. And we see that with things like that. Yeah. And I do think it would be a good, a good boost for the NFL as well. And of course, knowing the NFL, they'll be looking at the ratings and how can they dominate European TV the way they do, you know, United States. Uh, they'll be going in as the underdog, but I think that's good. In basketball, I think you'd have to have two or three or four teams so that you could have a, a travel trip out there to make that work. You could have a. I think you could. The only the other thing you could do is set up a division, literally a division in 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 Europe, where you know you go through there, almost like a West you know, the West coast conference type thing, you know, like they have on the West coast. So I don't know. It'd be interesting. And that would ease some of the travel too. If you've got a, you know, London, Paris, Berlin, Madrid, let's just throw it out there. I mean, yeah, exactly. So, and then your travel, um, and there would be Roman gladiators. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Put put them in Rome, you know, but just like the NFL, listen, we're going to turn down the Coliseum and build a $3 billion new Coliseum right here. the, The Paris team would probably like surrender though. Wouldn't they? (laughs) <laughs> what they do when they see school buses. Um, <laughs> you, know, you know, the funny thing is, is think about when the fridge was in the NFL, you have him go to Rome, the amount of pasta, he may gain 30 pounds in a week. <laughs> three, 390, <laughs> so 360. <laughs> oh my. The Berlin, they could be the, Ber- we should name them. We could name yeah. them the Berlin wall. The Berlin wall. Yeah. That would be a good name, wouldn't it? The Paris French Bastille, the French Paris surrender, Bastille. French surrender, the French surrender. Yes. The French surrender, <laughs> the Spanish armada and the British bad food, <laughs> the whole. fish and chips. 
<laughs> Roman gladiators. We'll, we'll work on those names uh, in just a little bit here. <laughs> Stay with us. Much more to come after this. Keep it here. <laughs> Have you ever met a single person in your life that enjoys paying taxes? No, no one does. If you can't sleep at night because you have a huge problem with the IRS, I've got some free advice for you. This service is strictly limited to individuals that owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes. And if you qualify, we can guarantee that you won't be writing a big fat check to the IRS or our services cost you nothing. The first 100 people that call today will get a free tax consultation worth $500. Stop worrying about your IRS problem. We can help you. We promise. Call the tax doctor right now. I mean right now to learn more. 800-626-4512. That's 800-626-4512. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Illini underscore guys. And uh, by the way, always 52 weeks out of the year, we offer a free seven-day trial. Come check us out. IlliniGuys.com, seven days free. Um, and we think you're going to want to stick around because not only do we have uh, – great writers like the gentleman about to join us here in a moment, but also we think we have some of the smartest fans uh, on our message forums. Um, great conversation. You know, they get, they get excited and emotional sometimes, but it's, it's, it's because they care. It's because they care. Alaniguys.com. Come check us out. Matt Stevens. He is the football writer and analyst for Alaniguys.com. Joins us here each week. Uh, Matt, we want to talk with you about Mr. I don't know. I want to call him Bartholomew. It's probably not his name. Brett Bielema. I don't know what his 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 birth name is. Brett Bielema Brent. in in his third summer in Champaign is simply killed it in the month of June. I mean, we 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 thought he could build this and do a little better, but you know, we went into June saying, "Well, let's see what he's got." Could he have had a better month than what he's had here in these past four or five weeks? There's a, a four star receiver that's going to be heading to Purdue that Brett Bielema would be saying, "Yes, I could have had a better June." Short of that, there's a lot of hay on this barn in the 2024 recruiting class. And what I really have been impressed by is the idea that Brett Bielema has come in understanding after being away from the college game, I think for a, a year and a half before he, you know, hooked on with uh, uh, Belichick and the Patriots and then hooked on with the Giants in the National Football League. He had been out of college football for about half a decade and he immediately understood how important it was for those summer official visits for a Big Ten program where, where recruiting is now in, in 2022, 2021 when he took the job, and, and now in 2023, it's the same way. He has knocked it out of the park in these June official visits. They did it last year, too. I thought they did a really, really good job of you know, taking those June visits and turning them into commitments and then being able to hold on to most of those commitments until November. Um, you'll also now, I guess we can talk about the idea that I, I think they had Malik Elzey pretty much signed, sealed and delivered during this month of June last year. And he just wanted to hang on to it the entire fall and winter, um, to, in order to, to do it at the U S army all American game, but they've done a really, really good job of identifying the kids that they want to bring in, in early June and in late June and getting commitments. I don't think this class is going to be that bigger than 20 guys in this 2024 class. Sorry, there's 14 commitments right now. A dozen of them have come out of these June official visits. 
Um, and, uh, and I, I think Brett Bielema and his staff have to be thrilled at what they've been able to put together before they ever have toe hit leather and fall camp in August. Matt, I, I kind of look at this. This is a top 40 class right now nationally. And, you know, I, I don't I don't think we expect Illinois to recruit like Georgia or Alabama or Michigan or Ohio State, et cetera. What's the ceiling here? I mean, I think top 40 is really, if they can be a top 40 recruiting class year in and year out, that's pretty good. Is there, can it get higher? It can. I, there's a really big outside linebacker pass rusher out of Kenwood named Marcus Lightfoot that if he decided he wanted to come to Illinois, I promise you guys the class would eke into the possibility of it being the first top 25 recruiting class since Ron Zook was here. Um, but I don't disagree with you, Brad. I, I think when Brett Bielema was at Wisconsin, he loved to live somewhere between 35 and 40 in terms of class rankings every year. Um, and then they ended up going to Rose Bowls. I think Brett Bielema would like to replicate that here at Illinois, and I think he thinks he can. I think here they've they've there are some guys in every recruiting class where Brett Bielema is going to run this program where you just have to trust the evaluation because the kid has no other Power Five offers, and they just like something that nobody else sees. That's going to be you know that's going to be a, a staple of what they do because they're going to bring in twenty guys, so they'd like to have four or five that they think they're just better evaluators than everybody else. But what I've been really impressed with is that there's about 12 kids right now in this class of 14 that I think that a lot of other power programs right now would love to have in the barn right now. And I think that Illinois is doing what I've asked them to do since Brett Bielema took over. And I've been afraid that they were hesitant in doing, which is going after big boys and making sure that they can you know, take as many commitments as they can away from those big boys in recruiting battles because I am a huge proponent that you win you win football games starting right now with who you sign and who you bring in long before that toe ever hits leather in that football game. Is there some sort of secret door in Brett Bielma's house that opens up into the state of Florida? Is that how he's getting uh, in and out to, to land <laughs> all these guys? What What's the uh, magic elixir that's being used here? Well, it's not magic. It, it's more, they don't have a DeLorean, but it's going back to the future for, for Brett Bielema because he's got two two guys in Aaron Henry and Antonio Finellis who he recruited to play in his defensive backfield at the University of Wisconsin when he was the head coach and when he was the defensive coordinator with the Badgers that he now has on his staff at Florida. He got both of those guys from Florida and they've done a yeoman's work in, in the Sunshine State for them. Um, and there's, I think, four DBs right now in this 24 class that are that are coming from the state of Florida. I would imagine that Aaron Henry and Antonio Finellis are going to absolutely uh, take every take a chance to get four, five, six, seven kids out of Florida in every recruiting class. That's going to be how their bread is going to be buttered. And they've really done a really good job of of what I think is taking what I call the Devin Weatherspoon, Deuce, uh, Kirby Joseph, um, and and that school of thought and saying, look, we can get you to the NFL. We've already done it. We've done it with Sidney Brown. We've done it with Devin Witherspoon. We've done it with a whole bunch of defensive backs and you're no different. And I think that kids are starting to get drawn to that. And I think that's why you're starting to see them have a whole lot of success in Florida, specifically with DBs. And Kirby Joseph as well. Last year, don't forget, you know, played his way up to all big 10 status, third round pick and had a great, you know, rookie year up there in Detroit. You're exactly right. Um, you know, it's one of these things too, that I think talking with Matt Stevens here, um, 
with this Illini program, and you wrote something, and it was on the message board, which I thought was really interesting, um, talking about in terms of, you know, now, not only is he bringing in the players he wants, he's bringing in freshmen who have talent, who he can take the time to develop. These are players you don't have to play right away. Now we had Gabe Akis, who, you know, again, what a find out of Florida, and the kid becomes a freshman All-American, and he's going to be a stud for him this year. But you're getting guys now, you've got the depth that they don't have to walk in on day one and contribute. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's you're seeing the the contrast of styles in terms of what Lovey Smith thought he had to do at Illinois when he got the job here early was he thought he had to play freshman right away, and he thought he had to bring guys in that were probably more mature than 18 years old in order to play them right away. It caused a lot of hubbub in that locker room. Brett Bielema has decided, I'm going to take a lot of guys. We're a developmental program, and if you don't play for two years, I'm going to build a good enough culture in the NIL and the transfer portal era that you're going to want to stay here, get developed by these guys, get coached really, really well. You're going to really like going to school here. You're going to like the culture that we're building here, and you're going to want to stick around because when you stick around, it's going to pay off for you. And I think that he's already started to point out to guys like Aquan Martin, who um, who he can point to and say, look, we had a plan for him. It was a two-year plan, and he ended up getting drafted in the second round of the NFL draft. You know, and, and you know, Quan Martin was not was a Lovey Smith guy. He wasn't a Brett Bielema guy, but he became one of Brett Bielema's players. And I think that they do that a lot. I think you're, you're looking at a guy – I like a lot of the guys in his first recruiting class that were overlooked, underdeveloped, or you know, underdeveloped and 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 underappreciated, as Brett Bielema would say. I think you're going to see them maybe have contributing roles in the 2023 class or 2023 season. Now, um, you saw that in spring ball a little bit. Um, somebody's going to have to take over for Chase Brown, and somebody, one of those running backs, is going to have to do it. But I think that Brett Bielema is starting to build the depth that has not been seen at this Illinois program in quite some time and probably over a decade because he's taking guys and telling them we have a, you know, we have a now plan for you, but we also have a two and three year plan for you. And so if you stick with us, you're, you're going to be, you're going to be, you know, at exactly where we want you to be. And you're going to have a chance at professional football. And I do think that's why you don't see a lot of guys leave the program into the portal as much as other power pro uh, programs because of the, the, the plan. And, and, you know, I guess the, the idea that Brett Bielema doesn't really vert off that plan all that much. It's a consistency that these kids appreciate what you see is what you get. What you hear is what you get. And I think that the kids appreciate that. And that starts to bleed down into recruiting classes because other kids who are those, you know, uh, you know, I'm going to lead you through this official visit. I'm going to host you in this official visit. They'll tell you, hey, two years ago, they had a plan for me and I'm starting now. So I think that that's another reason why these June visits really hit really home with with Brett Bielema's program right now. Matt, certainly want to talk about um, a story that you've got um, on the front page of IlliniGuys.com this week about the media deal. Now, as we know, there was the, the massive deal. It was the, what, seven-year, $7 billion deal with you know every alphabet out there except ABC. Um, but now that that hasn't been signed, there's some question marks. Kind of walk us through this right now and, and um, some great reporting, the story that you posted on, on IlliniGuys.com this week. So it's part semantics, I admit, and then part, I think this could become a big deal if they don't get their, you know, head out of their butt um, in, in, in the Big Ten office in Rosemont. And what I mean by that is, is that, look, the Big Ten media rights deal is going to start, is, has started on July 1st. 
Okay. And so what that means is, is that you're going to have big 10 football games on Saturday night on NBC starting this year, because they have a short firm agreement with those networks and the conference that's already done, but the long form agreement is not done. And what bothers, I guess what, what intrigued me about it. And I guess what bothers me about it is, is that there are that's where you get the specifics of the contract. And when you start seeing reporting on certain things where like you go, where a network can just walk away from a deal. Well, it's because we don't have a long-form deal done, right? And and you announced this deal a year ago, and you should have had a long-form deal done by now. Um, when you like, you didn't have to have the long-form deal done when you announced it in August of 2022, but you had a year to get it done, and it's not done. And it's not done because the ads and school presidents are not happy with this whole arrangement yet, and they're still trying to put together. And Tony Petiti, the new Big Ten commissioner, is trying to put it all the pieces together. Look, they're going to have a long form deal done, I believe. But I think if they don't get their act together, if NBC doesn't like what they see in these first couple of years and they don't have a long form deal, somebody can walk away and maybe the financial penalty is not there. And then, and then there were a lot of other issues, issues with this deal that I, that I highlighted in the story, one of which is, you know, the money that's got to be paid back for Fox because of the lack of inventory in the 2020, 2020 season. I had that explained to me a little bit better because I couldn't figure out. I mean, I mean, I, I covered the law for 18 months um, in North Carolina, but I, I, I'm not a lawyer and I never wanted to be. But I had it explained. I never understood why an act of God clause couldn't be used with that, because I don't understand why you have to pay Fox for inventory you didn't give them because we were in a worldwide pandemic and nobody else was getting the inventory either. The way that I understood that now is that, you know, Fox actually gave more money than the inventory they got in 2020. And so they're going to, you know, so the, so essentially the big 10 is not going to get as much money in the, in the following years because Fox gave them extra money to help out, you know, through the 2020 season because of the pandemic, because they weren't going to make any money off these games because there's nobody in the stands. So it's kind of, I had explained to me kind of like when you, you, you know, have a mortgage and you have that first balloon payment and then maybe the mortgage rate, the mortgage payment you have after that gets lower and lower and lower because you made this huge balloon payment at the start. That's kind of what that's about. So there's a lot of details in this thing that are not signed, sealed and delivered. And, and Josh Whitman made a decent example, which is, you know, they signed, they, they hired Shauna Green and she worked on her short form contract her entire first year. And then this, this month, they actually, she actually ended up signing her long form contract. The problem with that and the, that analogy to me, and I understand what Josh was trying to do. The problem was, is that if, if Shauna wanted to walk away, she was still held to a short form agreement where there were penalties and, and, and such in there. I'm not sure what's in this short form agreement. All I know is that nobody at the networks and nobody at the Big Ten wants to talk about it, which means nobody's happy about where they are right now in July of 2023. And I think they need to get it done in a, in a pretty short amount of time. Otherwise, I think people are going to be looking around going, is this is this a mirage type of deal that you wanted to announce just to get a, a huge boom in the summer of 2022? Or is this an actual deal where the schools are going to start to see the money that they were promised last summer? Yeah. Is this a uh, final question for you? Is sure. this fall on former commissioner, Kevin Warren? Does it fall on Tony Petiti? Does it fall on the network execs? Is it a, is it in the council of the, the chancellors and presidents, athletic directors? Is it a combination of all that? I mean, who, where, where does the buck fall? Who, who's, whose lap is this in? Short answer, yes, with a but. Long answer, no, with a maybe. Um, <laughs> the answer is yes. 
everything you named is involved and, and has a responsibility in this, um, including former Commissioner Kevin Warren. He should not have been authorized and he should have known that he shouldn't have been able to give NBC the Big Ten title game in 2026. That's the one where I shake my head and go, how did you not have lawyers go? You can't, Kevin, you can't do that. I mean, I understand Kevin wanting to do that and then having lawyers tell him you, you contractually can't do that. Or Fox standing up and going, um, what are we doing here? I, I, you can't do that. So $40 million is going to Fox because of that mistake. Okay. Um, and, but I also think that there's part of the Big Ten Council of Presidents and Chancellors that are hanging on to this historical precedent that they've had in Big Ten media rights deals over time. And they need to let it go. I, I wrote something long ago about the Saturday night games in November that the Big Ten chancellors and presidents and athletic directors don't want to play. Too bad. You're getting almost a billion dollars you know, at per school on this deal. You need to play when they tell you to play. Because there are certain conferences that will play in a, an abandoned outdoor mall in the middle of a Wednesday night on a God knows what network if you tell them to and you pay them enough money to. Um, the Big Ten's got to get over that. Uh, and so there are things where I think these Big Ten ADs and school presidents and chancellors are saying, we're the Big Ten, we shouldn't have, have, to, shouldn't have to do that. And I think the networks are, sit are sitting there going, no, you really shouldn't, but we're going to pay you this much money, so we'd like for you to, why not give it a go? And I think it'll all get sorted out, but I think this is all new territory for everybody, and I think that they've got to figure it out pretty quickly. Otherwise, I think some people could get restless with this deal and realize, hey, we could walk away from this. Guys, you know, Larry, you worked at CNNSI for a long time. You know for a fact, and you're seeing that these, you know, deals for live sporting events and live sports, it's not going up. It could go down. And so if they don't get this long form deal done, I think it could cost the Big Ten even more money. Well, and to your point, the problem is there's nowhere else to go. I mean, right. there's there's no there's no plan B, um, you know, and and membership has its cost. And if you're going to be on the, you know, the big three, ABC, Fox and NBC, uh, or, I'm sorry, uh, CBS, uh, Fox and NBC uh, in prime spots every Saturday and you're going to collect a check for that, you've got to produce the content. And so you're exactly right. Matt Siemens of IlliniGuys.com. As always, we appreciate your time, and we'll talk with you soon. Not a problem. See you guys. All right, IlliniGuys.com. He is the football writer and analyst, Matt Stevens. Great piece uh, on Josh Whitman, the Illinois Athletic Director. Uh, and again, as he talked about more detail in that piece uh, about the media deal that we thought was done and uh, would give a billion dollars a year to schools not quite. Still needs some work to be done, and we will be following that story as well. Keep it here. Much more to come after this. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Oh, right back here on the show. You know, a week ago we were talking at NBA draft, and we thought we'd take a moment here to kind of get a little deeper into it now that we've had a few days to kind of think about it and see some of the moves uh, that were made. Uh, you know, of course, uh, Victor Wimbignana, uh, San Antonio Spurs at seven feet, three and a half inches. They measured him Wednesday. So he's officially seven, three and a half. Um, does it really matter if he's seven, one or seven, four or seven, five, whatever? He's just a, he's a terrific talent. It's pretty cool. He's tall. I think more, most more impressive is his wingspan of eight foot, what, eight foot two? Yeah. I think that's good. I think that's good if you get an eight two wingspan. That, that's a good thing. And he's skilled. He's athletic. Um, I think the biggest issue, I think the only concern you have with him being great uh, on both ends of the floor is whether he physically holds up. I mean, we've seen guys who are 
a little bit thin struggle. We've also th- seen guys a little bit heavy struggle. I mean, that's kind of been the knock on Zion Williamson. He can't stay healthy. Well, but I think Wimbayama is different because, man, does this, is this kid and his team, they are focused on this process and getting him ready to play. It's really intriguing. I, I think he might be something we're going to talk about in 20 years. Now, I will say, you know, we always joke about LeBron James being a topic of ESPN. It has changed. All anybody talks about now is Victor, and that's it. <laughs> Every time. Wow. It's, that's the only thing on any show. I wonder how tall he really is because, you know, you've, you've heard for years that Kevin Garnett was seven one, but he hated to be called seven foot. So he's listed at six eleven. And then I've even read recently that Bill Walton was almost seven three and he liked to be called six eleven. So maybe Victor just picked seven three out of a hat. Who knows? Um, the biggest intrigue to me was, you know, what would I have done if I was the Hornets? Would I would have would I have went with Brandon Miller at six nine, or would I have went with Scoot Henderson at six two, um, who looks physically like he could either be a fantastic point guard or a, 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 a incredible wide receiver in the NFL? You think this is where we're going to start to evaluate um, the NBA and allowing a few of these kids to skip college and go pro like a Scoot Henderson. Um, how much pressure is there on him that we've, we've had this for a little bit, but it, now it's kind of to the forefront. And um, you know, is, is this where we begin to evaluate and determine if this is a good thing or, or otherwise? Well, I think it's going to happen whether or not we can, we can debate for years, whether it's going to be a good thing or a bad thing. I think there's some pros and cons. I think it fits certain kids doesn't fit other kids. Right. And, and so every individual has got to make a different decision, but I, I think we'll see how it plays out, but I think it's going to be probably good for some bad for others. Particularly the GMs and uh, owners who may have their, their franchise sunk because they choose the wrong kid coming out of high school. I think they. I think the real winners of that is has nothing to do with the players. I think the GMs and the and the owners would prefer at least one year of data from either the G League overseas or college to understand a little bit more what they get. And it's still only a 50-50 shot in the first round if you're going to guess right. Yeah. Who do you think overall um, who really helped themselves on draft night? And is there a team out there that you felt that – was just really asleep at the wheel um, and, and, and really did not do as much as maybe they could have. Well, I mean, I think obviously you'd look at the Spurs as the team that helped themselves the most. I mean, you get a generational talent. I thought Houston had another good draft. I think Houston has stockpiled talent. Now I wonder if Houston is, is moving into the purgatory range or whether they're going to, these guys are going to become like a generational star, uh, you know, like a literally a first team all NBA. So, um, you know, I think that's always interesting. Um, I look at the teams, I don't know who was sleeping. I, I hate to say that because it's so hard to tell, but I thought it was, you know, the only thing I don't understand sometimes is when you trade up to take a guy that somebody wasn't going to take anyway. Right. <laughs> that That's my only thing. Um, you know, when you look at some of the trades, I guess that would be, I don't know, that, that would be the one thing. I, I think the, and, and when I look at the trade, the one trade that was weird to me was, um, when, uh, in the, was it Detroit right there? I'm trying to think which trade it was. It was the seven to six. Oh, it was Indiana. Um, and, uh, Indiana, you know, when 
you know, they took Malal, uh, yeah, yeah, Kulabay, whatever, at seven, which yeah. was I thought I thought that was a little high, you know. I also, but again, I probably thought Anthony Black went a little bit high, um, but I think those guys kind of moving in those positions, I thought that was odd, you know. I mean, to try and to move there to get those spots, I, I thought he was he went too high, probably both those guys. I'm a big fan of Jed Howard, and I'm a big fan of Anthony Black. But for a team that needs out, you know, sure outside shooting, I thought they might have picked two other players uh, there at that Orlando. Um, and and with Jed Howard, though, sometimes those NIT appearances are really hard to to resist drafting and getting there. But I think he shocked most people saw him going at the earliest to the Lakers at 17. And there were a lot of shocked people to see him go number 11. Now I do think he's got a lot of potential, but, but boy, both him and black are going to come onto a team that desperately needs outside shooting. They better have it ready to go on day one. Three guys who did not hear their names called last week since have signed free agent deals and really shocking Former National Player of the Year, Oscar Shibway uh, of, of Kentucky. Drew Timmy, a two-time All-American from Gonzaga, four-year starter. And the Sunoco kid, who was just a beast, who helped UConn to the national title. None of them picked. Um, what's the NBA? What kind of world are we living in if, if, you can't, yeah. if you can't find room for one of those three guys on your roster? It's kind of weird, isn't it? I mean, it's just it just goes to show college success does not always translate to NBA projections. Uh, yeah. and, and NBA is such a projection thing. Um, the one guy on that list, Shibway, didn't surprise me. He doesn't really have a perimeter game. He's a bull in a china closet. Doesn't, you know, not a, can't go out on the floor because now if you're a center you got to go out and guard Jokic at the three-point line too you know right. so <laughs> it's not 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 easy and then uh, Drew Timmy just doesn't if he if Drew Timmy shot it well I think he would have gotten drafted you know and, and moved up if he could shoot the three and things like that but he's not there the Sunoco kid was the shock to me because I really like him as a fit even at the NBA level because he can shoot it from the perimeter he's athletic he can be a rim running you know three and d type guy and play power forward, play some five. I, I like him quite a bit. I think he'll probably end up having a good NBA career um, if he finds the right fit. But yeah, it just goes show. It doesn't translate. Yeah, and I almost wonder if the pendulum's going to start swinging because Wemby is so darn big that he can literally dunk from eight feet out, and maybe you'll start needing the bigger, thicker center to do nothing more than keep him you know, away from the basket because he may be so devastating within six or eight feet. Uh, but, but I do think it, it was a fun draft to watch. And, and yet at the same time, when you look at this, you know, that half these players are going to have little to no impact uh, on the teams they're on, which is just amazing to think about. That's why I'll be honest. I'm rare that I, I enjoy the second round more than I do the first round because totally agree. lottery guys may or may not play five years down the line, but you know, the guys in the second round are being picked because they can contribute today. So they yeah. really are late first, early second round guys are guys that they really, you know, you, you see a lot of those guys contributing right away yeah. and they're guys who are getting, you know, their second contract. We've talked about Iota Suma from Illinois getting his, uh, he signed his offer sheet. Right. And, and so that, is the type of a guy who went in the second round, slid in there, older guy, and there you go. He's going to get a second NBA contract, and things turn out pretty good then. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, 
He's Brad. He's Mike. I'm Larry. And we're back after this. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Well, if you're heading to the Olympics in Paris, I hope you're a VIP or else you like water because (laughs) they are banning alcohol sales for non-VIPs. What in the world is going on in Paris? Really? I mean, first off, just from a revenue standpoint, what are you thinking? You know, I'm really shocked that they would only cater to the VIPs in this world today. I mean, that's really shocking. Who made that decision? Hmm. Wonder, wonder, wonder if that happens in any other walk of life. No, uh, (laughs) no, it's it's silly. I mean, I get there a lot. They're saying, "Well, we got to have this and that, whatever." Stop. You know, it's the Olympics. If people are going to the Olympics, you know, and especially Paris, it's not like people go see want to drink some wine, right? I mean, that's good stuff. So. That's silly. Yeah, I I don't drink that much, so it really wouldn't affect me. But it it seems strange to, you know, constrain the the trade, you know, in terms of opportunity to sell some alcohol. And and I don't know, maybe people be less apt to get drunk in Europe if they have wine out there as opposed to beer. But I mean, who knows? Um, This one doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So it's a it's a strange law that bans alcohol sales to the general public in sports stadiums in France. The exception is you can imbibe in hospitality areas. <laughs> so they just got to pay the wealthy are. Yes, exactly. I'm just shocked that the world would be like that. It's just amazing to me. I just they get the wealthy people get preferential treatment. Man, what kind of world is this? Who knew? Who knew that happened? <laughs> well, you know, for a long time, men have gotten preferential treatment when it comes to higher uh, prize money in sports. But the uh, Women's Tennis Association, um, the, 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 the World Tennis, or the, the, the Women's uh, Tennis Tour is uh, planning, making plans to change that. And they're going to work to match the prize money the men get. I think this is fantastic and, and long overdue. <laughs> Well, I think it's good. They've done that in some of the in like the Grand Slam events yeah. where they've they've matched it, but it doesn't go across the board. I, I think the hard part always for women's sports is what kind of revenue do you generate? And, and you know, they're in an interesting situation because I think the most popular tennis player and the greatest, the GOAT, Serena, basically is kind of stepping off. So they kind of have to have some new faces to generate this. But I think if they can generate the revenue, they should get as much as they can get. I have no problem with that. You know, we, we've seen this in the World Cup where we have issues with the women and men. But the, the, the reality is more people watch the Men's World Cup than Women's World Cup, so it doesn't get disseminated the same way. And so, yeah, but I think if they can get it, good for them. I mean, you know, I, I watch – I'll be honest with you. I probably watch – I watch women tennis when Serena was playing just because, you know, I thought you might be seeing history every time. Yeah. Yeah, and, and look, this is the WTA, the Women's Tennis Association, and after 30 years, they've decided they're going to match the men. So, you know, I, I I don't know that anybody's been wronged here, and if they have the profit and loss that they can go ahead and do that, then I think they should um, put them on some sort of uh, equal footing. But again, you have to have the revenue stream possible to do that you know i would i would like to make the same amount of money as lebron james i'm just not certain where that would come from from a revenue standpoint um so as long as they can afford to pay all the bills then hey let's let's give the women tennis players a raise and 
let them compete for the bigger, um, the bigger, you know, purses. But I, I, something tells me with the way, you know, people like Serena compete, it wasn't about the money for her. It was about the winning. And, um, it's just kind of a night makes things a little nicer if they get that higher amount. Yeah. You know, great story that I saw this week and I did a triple take, um, because I'm like, surely that's not correct. The headline read happy Gilmore commits to play golf at ball state. Um, happy Gilmore is a real person. He's a star high school player in Bloomington, Indiana, and he committed this week to play golf, uh, uh, at ball state up in, in Muncie. I don't think Happy's his real first name, but, uh, but he's not Adam Sandler. And I don't think he's any relation to Adam Sandler. That's, that's an interesting name. I mean, you know, you go with that. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I, I next thing, you know, Jackie moon's going to get drafted in the NBA and <laughs> we'll be good to go. And he's playing for Coach Fleck uh, there at Ball State. So certainly he's probably a very colorful uh, coach as well. Um, something tells me that when Adam Sandler makes another movie, that Happy Gilmore may get a role in that movie. And he may have a gainful employment for the next 10 or 15 years if he gets along with uh, Adam Sandler. Oh, you got to put him in, right? You got to put him in there. Happy yeah, Gilmore yeah. Jr., yeah, yeah. Landon Gilmore is his name. Exactly. <laughs> so, and he's been called uh, happy since he began competing in golf tournaments at the age of six. Um, at least, thank God it's not a different name, right? So, you know, imagine if it was Slappy Gilmore and you're a six-year-old and being called Slappy. That's not very nice. No. But I, I digress. Um, okay. Uh, one more story we got to get in before the break. And this is one of the most ridiculous stories. I think we touched on this last week. Uh, Antonio Brown, he's the very talented receiver who's had some issues here lately. Um, you, you probably didn't know, but now you do, that he bought an arena football team, not in the arena football league, the big one. There are other smaller leagues, and he owns a team in there. Well, big story that the team was basically kicked out of the league because they didn't pay their players. Even worse than that was there now the players are preparing a class action lawsuit against Antonio Brown because he reversed their final paychecks. So they got they got paid, the money's deposited in their accounts, and then somehow he reversed those payments and took the money back. Are you kidding me? No, I and again, this is <laughs> you guys are seeing my shocked face that Antonio Brown did something a bit unhinged and crazy <laughs> and, and and illegal. You know, I, I'm shocked, just totally shocked. No, it's Anytime these leagues start out, one of the biggest issues they have is you have to make sure you're going to pay these guys or else it's not going to last, right? I mean, it doesn't work. You have to make sure you have the funding, and it sounds like he didn't have the funding and decided he didn't want to use his own money, so <laughs> he's they're out of luck. Yeah, um, this is just amazing that Antonio Brown is connected with a story that that is uh, has provides negative publicity for himself. Um you know, if you play for a team owned by Antonio Brown, this probably should be the expected outcome. And I feel sorry for these players that any league would say, hey, you know what we need to do? What would be really great for our league is if we could have Antonio Brown, not just as a player, but as an owner. Do <laughs> you think Antonio Brown wants to buy a team? Let's go find out. Like, here's my thing. You know what? You know what I would let Antonio Brown do? Buy a team in my fantasy league. <laughs> so so why why would you let him buy a team in, in a real league? That's making right. sense. Right. It's the uh, and by the way, it's the uh, National Arena League. Uh the team was based in Albany, New York. 
And let me clear one thing up. Um, part of the agreement was the owners um, had to put money in and, you know, and make their payments to the league. Um, and so he failed to do that. And then he did this to his players. Let me just clean it up at the very beginning. By the way, the money that he allegedly owes the league, this guy made millions, right? His NFL career, $21,000. That's, that's all he owes, and he didn't pay it. But you're right. They're probably like, hey, that's great, man. We got Antonio Brown, man. He's going to buy the team. Hey, great. if that's all it takes, I may buy a team. <laughs> For 20, <laughs> that's all you get, 21 grand, I get a team? That's yeah. all you got to do? That's, that's couch change for you. So, exactly. Yeah. 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 So anyway, uh, God help him, Antonio Brown. And uh, hopefully anybody missed a mortgage payment, <laughs> the players uh, because of this. So <laughs> just insane. All right. We got to take a timeout. We've got more to come after this. If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. Call 800-254-3218. 800-254-3218. That's 800-254-3218. Paid for by Legal Alert Line. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-390-5160. 800-390-5160. That's 800-390-5160. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys radio network. Now, let's get back to the studio. History in baseball Wednesday night. Uh, first perfect game since 2012 and the first by a Yankees pitcher since 1999. 27 up, guys, 27 down. Yeah. Domingo Herman. It's pretty wild. This is only the 24th perfect game in Major League history. That's wow. the most rare thing. People have hit, you know, hitting three home runs. I guess they've hit four, too. But, I mean, when you talk about the cycle they talk about and all this stuff. No, perfect game is really rare. Hundred plus years of baseball, twenty-four of them. Pretty impressive, you know. And this is guy coming off a terrible start, a suspension for using foreign substances, all these other issues. But he just goes out there and throws a perfect game. Yeah, and baseball is amazing. Nine, Ninety-nine pitches. Um, you know, it'll be remembered forever. It, what what an evening for a guy, and it just goes to show you, you know, how the pitchers can dominate, and once they get once they get hot, um, doesn't matter what you're doing at the plate. No, it doesn't. Fourth, we mentioned uh, for the Yankees, uh, that's impressive. You go all the way back to the uh, 1950s. Um, you know, of course, there was uh, Don Larson, 56 World Series, David Wells, 98, David Cohn, 99, and now here just Domingo Herman. Uh, well, how cool is that? Uh, for the Yankees. Hey, uh, LSU baseball. 
SEC baseball, just dominance um, as LSU beats Florida in three games to win the College World Series. Definitely no perfect games there. <laughs> oh. It was like, it was, you know, I'll tell you what, the first game of the series was this was the game. Um, the win into extra innings, you know, LSU pulls out the one run win, and then Florida just whacks LSU on Sunday afternoon, 24 to 4, and then LSU returned the favor on Monday. Um, I thought it was wild to see LSU. They had the the guy, uh, Paul Skeen, throws 102 miles an hour plus, and they had him set on three days rest to pitch that title game. And they had him warming up. He starts getting loose in the bullpen like he's coming in when it's like 7-2, to two, and then it's 10-2. to two, And it's like, yeah, he just doesn't need to come in. Just, just take your rest. So um, anticlimactic, but just an amazing run. I mean, you also – here's the thing. They, SEC was winning no matter what, right? It's LSU over Florida. Um, you know, Wake Forest, I think, was the team that everybody thought was going to be number one, and you know they they lose, and um, you know in the in the semis. So pretty pretty great uh, college World Series, one of the best of all time, in my opinion. Yeah, and and you know twenty three hit twenty three hits one game, twenty four hits another game. Um, you know, if you're going to see something that's that's uh, exciting in in baseball, getting guys moving around the bases is something that will keep the fans glued to their seat. It would have been even more interesting if you'd have been in like one of those old Wrigley Field 1970s where you got, um, you know, both teams scoring like that at the same day. But uh, what an extraordinary experience for those players kind of going back and forth in this type of series. LSU, seven uh, College World Series NCAA championships uh, only USC has more. They have 12, but they haven't won one since 98. So uh, hail to the Bayou Bengals in baseball. And a, a great story, too, in tennis. Martina Navratilova announcing that she is now cancer-free. Um, great news uh, by one of the all-time tennis greats uh, to hear that good news about her health. Yeah, Martina, back in the day, you know, but go back to the late 70s and early 80s, and she was dominant. Dominant tennis player. Uh, the battles with Chris Everett and Chris Everett Lloyd. Same yeah. person, just different name. But they were always fun. <laughs> we want to get all their names in. Um, <laughs> I would, I tell you, for me, if you could magically have like a best women's tennis match of all time, it would be Martina at the height of her powers against Serena. Oh. I think that would be, uh, that would be one for oh, the ages. And even your right. non-tennis fans, couldn't stop watching that one. Yeah. Oh, that is just uh, awesome. Um, great job with her. Uh, diagnosed with breast cancer, throat cancer. She's beaten that second time that she has beaten breast cancer, which she did back in 2010. Martina, age 66. And uh, great news there. Eight-time Grand Slam champion. And a great place to finish the show. Two hours, as always, goes way too fast. We appreciate everybody who came by. Hope you enjoy the holiday weekend. Be safe. Uh, above all, we want to see you right back here and talk to you again. Same time, same station next week. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the holiday. We'll see you then. ILL. This has been a presentation of LMBC Sports, LLC, and JM Talent Productions. We'll be back next week on the Illini Guys Radio Network on these same stations across Illinois.